Oh, I'm going to be really honest. I'm a little bit annoyed that I just accidentally wiped our last conversation. This is the second time. Actually, this is the third time that we're having this Third time lucky, hey? I can only get funnier. That's the thing. Hi, my name's Emily Chadbourne. And I'm Rochelle Fisher. And we're a couple of Xennials turning 40. Xennials are an often forgotten generation sandwiched between the Gen X and the Millennials. Not quite one, but not quite the other either. We were brought up on Disney princesses, roller skates and Game Boys. Left to flounder through the grunge era of the 1990s and expected to catch up with tech life in the noughties, how prepared was the Xennial woman for the delights and disappointments of the current day? To celebrate our birthdays, Em and I decided to launch our own mini-series dedicated solely to issues that so many Xennial women face today. From egg freezing to ageing to being single, we have interviewed some amazing Xennials with stories to share. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode! I have a question for you. Okay. What do you define as a cougar? Well, I actually looked it up on the internet because I wanted to know what a cougar actually was by Wikipedia. Wikipedia? Mm -hmm. And it's any woman that's 40 plus who goes out with someone substantially younger than her. So you've got to be over 40 to be a cougar. Yeah. So right now I'm not a cougar because we're You're... recording this 21 days before my birthday. You are, Emily Chadbourne, a puma. <gasps> Isn't that good? I was a puma last year. And now you're a cougar? Yeah, but I mean, I was an actual puma. I dated a guy that was 28 when I was 38. Oh, yeah, 10 years is yeah. substantial. And he was like still in his 20s. I was like, yeah, look at me. Mm. Did you feel look better? Look what I bagged myself. <laughs> <laughs> I actually felt quite proud. Did you? Yeah. Did it make you feel younger? It did make me feel younger. I actually bought a skate. You know the other day when you said, where's that skateboard from? I actually bought that skateboard when I was dating him. Well, that's just sad, honey. <laughs> that's just, that's just really, like my heart weeps for you. I felt that young. I wanted to relive my youth. That's hilarious. Yeah. I've no, I don't think I've ever dated anyone that's younger than me. See, substantially younger than me. I mean, what are we calling substantial? What is that, more than seven years? Yeah, I'd say seven years plus. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, older, yes, but I don't think younger. So I've only ever dated guys like two years older than me. Apart from when I was 16, I was dating a guy for a few months who was 26. And oh, now I'm looking back weird. and I'm like, yeah. I'm still, Not for you, for him. I'm still friends with him on Facebook, actually. And now I look and go, thank God he dumped me. Mm. I think that about most of my exes now. Like, yeah. God, that. Thank you. I'd like yeah. to send them a bunch of flowers and say, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, back to being a cougar, though. So... Like Demi Moore. I'm actually Demi Moore now <laughs> and you are not. You're still a puma. Well, I'm not a puma because I've never really dated anyone. Mm. I'm more of like a puh. A puh. A puh, no, I'm not even a puma. Well, in the next 21 days, let me find you a younger <gasps> a younger guy so you can be a puma before you become a cougar. Woo! Oh my God, let's do that. Yes. I'll tell you who, oh my God. So I will tell you who I crave after. Okay, how can we make this puma Emily Chabon happen? This is brilliant. So my next door neighbor 
Well, that's nice and easy. There's a guy called Tom. He has got a girlfriend, so okay. you'd have to get rid of her. But <laughs> he is the sort of good looking, when he first spoke to me, even though I was like, you're clearly like maybe 23, 24, I know I can feel the saliva running down my chin. And every time I see him, because I have to walk past his house to walk the dog, every time I walk past him, I am a fool, like a full blown, middle-aged, crazy dog lady fool. I'm always looking like I've just rolled out of bed or I've just well, rolled normal, up Well, that's normal, isn't the... it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uncalled for. Called for, man. Sometimes I make a real effort and I she still does. look like I've rolled out of bed. But anyway, so like I've just, I'm always in some kind of like bag lady loungewear. outfit. <laughs> loungewear with a stain on it. Loungewear, my fake tan outfit wear. I've done that on him. You've done it more. You've put face <laughs> Hello, you're my neighbour. Let me put fake tan on you. No, I don't realise. I mean, I I have had a conversation with him in my fake tan outfit. It was the day before you and I flew to Sydney for your belated birthday, and he was standing outside my front door talking to one of the guys that works in the cafe, and. They're all I was, pretty cute. They're all pretty cute. And yeah. they're young. They're Could all in their early 20s, yeah. And I was wearing the least attractive of my three fake tan outfits, which all just hang off you. Can't wear a bra, can't wear underwear. Mm. Everything is grey. And I had this sort of fake tan on that has that really green base. Ah, oh, okay. So you look like like uh, Umpa Lumpa come Incredible Hulk. Yes. If, if you had an Umpa Lumpa and the Incredible Hulk and they shagged and had a baby. That would be you. That was me. And because whenever I see him, I get tongue-tied. <laughs> and the more tongue you know, like the more tongue-tied you get around someone, the more oh. tongue-tied you are the next time you see them. Because you're kind of like trying to make up for all the other times where you were a complete dick. You're like, this time I'm going to be really eloquent and I'm going to be funny and I'm going to look amazing. Oh, ha, ha, ha. And I'm then, going to be the cool Umpa Lumpa today. And you're not. You're nah. still like that weird little green <laughs> dwarf. That lives above the coffee that shop. That lives above the coffee shop with a dog. dog. And so my parting words to him, this is awful. My parting words to him, I was in conversation with him and another cute guy from the cafe. And we were just talking and I was obviously like floundering my words and I could feel myself turning bright red underneath <laughs> the green. And then as I was fumbling with the key in the lock, I just turned around to him and I felt like I really needed to justify how I was looking to him. And so I turned around and I just went, I'm going to Sydney and everyone in Sydney is brown. And so, <laughs> so now you're a racist, Umpa racist, angry Umpa What I meant was everyone is tanned and I want you to know that I'm wearing fake tan and it just, I just, I... But I can't walk past him. I have started walking like the long way around so I don't have to walk past his house. Oh, I thought you were going to say you've started looking at different real estate so you can move out the area because that's what I will be doing. It's <laughs> It's the crazy umpa racist that lives upstairs with a dog. Yeah, that's who I've become. Isn't that so funny? So if you could arrange for him to fall in love with me in the next 21 days, then I will get to experience what it's like to be a puma. Go work your magic. Look, I know I'm pretty good at blind, da blind dating people, matchmaking people, oh, yeah. but I think that's even Jim will fix it, couldn't fix that one. You didn't want Jim will fix it to fix it. Didn't he end up being a paedophile? Yeah. Oh, anyway, let's Jim. not even go there. I'll tell you the other person that you could fit me up. Blah, blah, blah. The other person that you could no, fix me mine. up with. Oh, the guy from Little Hen. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. 
I happen to go in there. Who comes around the corner? I've got flowers in my hand. I've got a basket. And he says, hi, can I help you? Would you like me to get you a trolley? And I turned around and went, no, you can just hold my basket. And he did. You he... asked him to hold your basket. <laughs> well, he didn't want a trolley because that's what old ladies do. You are an old and, lady. Yeah. And so he carried my basket around the shop. What a nice chap. So then I got a load of shit that I didn't want in my basket. To try and impress him. To try and impress him. What went in your basket? Loads of vegan stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Have you eaten any of it? And then went in the butchers after. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did. No, I didn't actually. I ate bits of it. I definitely ate the vegan chocolate mousse. That was amazing. And then he was trying to get me to buy two big bags of the corn chips. I'm like, I live on my own. I only need one bag. What a dick. And then we got to the counter. He said, can I have your number? And I went, oh, for your membership. Are <laughs> oh, you fucking idiot? Did he? I, yeah. Did you genuinely think he was asking for your number yeah. when he was actually just and asking like, to, yeah. the number for your membership card? Yeah. Oh, babe. <laughs> I mean, it was the weekend of lockdown that was my birthday. I was very delicate. Vulnerable. <laughs> Vulnerable. Anyway, I can't actually remember his name now, but it's something like Trav. I remember it like three o'clock tonight when I wake up for a cup of tea or something. You wake up at three o'clock <laughs> for a cup of tea. Well, sometimes I wake up and I can't get back to sleep, so I make myself a cup of tea. Oh, really? And, yeah, and potter around. Do you? Oh, yeah. I never do that. I wake up and then I go straight back to sleep again. Mm. And I always wake up for a reason, and it's always to have a wee, because the older I get, oh, oh what the fuck is that about? I can't have a cup of tea next to my bedside anymore. I can't have too much liquid for like a good 90 minutes before mm. I go to bed. And I wake up. Probably twice in the night now to have a wee. Luckily, I sleep like a full corpse. So sometimes I'll wake up, take myself to the toilet, come back again and not remember. Like genuinely not remember. But I don't flush at night time. So I wake up in the morning. I'm like, who's had a wee in the toilet? I'm like, well, it must have been me. It wasn't Theodore's. <laughs> it's not that clever. I wish. Can you imagine? How great would that be? Let's go and take a shit in the shower. That'd be a bit weird. So anyway, Cougar so Hill. anyway, twenty-one days. You've got twenty-one days to set me up with a Do with you know, either the guy from Little Hen or my next door neighbour. But the next door neighbour, I mean, there's too much damage there. You'd have to undo too much damage. And I can't date the guy from Little Hen because because I'm dating the guy from yeah, Little Hen. Yeah, and I've been a puma and a cougar. Oh, actually, I've not really been a cougar because I've not dated anyone since I was forty. So well, there you are. Mm. You've got two tasks now: make me a puma and make yourself a cougar. Well, I just want a boyfriend. I'm not really bothered <laughs> how old they are at the moment. I know I don't want a boyfriend. I want a warrior man. I want a really good, strong man. Yeah. Because I just hate but being this But that's not mother. dependent on age. No. I don't care how old they are. Well, obviously, I care how old they are. Yeah. I don't want this 16-year-old. You don't want a gym or fix it. <laughs> no. You don't want to be the pedo. And I don't want a 90-year-old man either. But I just want someone who's really solid. Yeah. Do you feel more solid? Yes. And I don't mean around the waist. (laughs) (laughs) My waist is definitely more solid than it used to be. I feel that I know myself better than I've ever known myself. And if I'm having a little bit of a shitty day or something, I know more how to deal with it. I'm definitely better on the inside. (laughs) If I'm going to be 100% honest, there is a little bit of me that feels 
like it's not fair that my body is aging and I th I I don't know I can say I think I would feel differently if I was in a relationship but I don't know if that's true because that's like the hypothetical if I was you this is how I would feel I don't know that because I'm not you so I can only ever ex like speak from my experience but I do wonder if I would be more or less concerned with the aging process if I was not single and I suspect that actually if I was in a relationship I'd be slightly less annoyed by all the wrinkles and yeah. all the going south and all the but look you're hardly full of wrinkles and going south i mean neither of us have got boobs that we have to sling over our shoulders anyway That's we don't have boobs. exactly <laughs> so we're quite blessed in that area yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, mean, yeah you know i i actually look at my body and yes some days i hate it but most of the time i look and go i'm 40 years old and i think i look pretty good for 40. Yes, but I don't want to be 40. But I, I want to look at my body and be like, I'm 40 years old and I look like I'm 25. Well, then I know really good surgeons. <laughs> Great. I think I am more comfortable in a lot of ways. So even though aesthetically I can look at my body objectively and be like, I wish, or not even objectively, with full emotion and be like, I wish that was more supple. I wish that. I wish was I had my wrinkly. 90s eyebrows. No one wishes that. Exactly. Do you remember? The 90s eyebrows. Do you remember when we used to pluck them? With an inch of their life. Oh, not even that. An inch is too much. It was like <laughs> one hair in width, but only towards the ends. Like the, the knobbly bits at the, like, nearest each other needed to be like quite so nearest like your gabella darling is that what it's called <laughs> it's called your gabella where your third eye is yeah your gabella and you should know that you have botox stick it in I my gabella i don't care where they put it darling <laughs> well you should care where they put it yeah 90s eyebrows were a thing weren't they i mean i'm glad that's so you had for those who everyone knows those, what a 90s eyebrow well is. maybe a girl in her 20s who's listening to this will not know it's the complete opposite of today's eyebrows and you literally had like this chunky bit which was maybe a centimeter square 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 <laughs> well no rectangle wasn't it it was a rectangle yeah, it was a bit more rectangle. rectangle and then this tiniest thinniest 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 i love it thinniest line just going across yeah. and it was almost as though you got a spirit level on it as well wasn't it yeah it we didn't want the march oh no we wanted no, them no, straight no. straight yeah i mean mine grew, grew back yours didn't you're such a dick <laughs> why don't mine are my eyebrows are despicable so now you'll be able to tell anyone who's 40 plus by if they've got chunks missing out their eyebrows mine grew back lots of women's did not grow back with a vengeance but Thanks you to... you how long mine are? Like, I have to cut them. I have, have got long... You have got long and I hairs. And I trimmed them just the other day, but literally they can be like, is that an inch? They can... I'm going to... Next time I'm going to pluck one and I'm going to put it in a bag and send it to you. That is the creepiest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> do you know what does... I'm going to do? I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> No, I know I'm going to say it, and that's disgusting. <laughs> anyway, okay, so 90s eyebrows, 90s eyebrows. Hair. And it was a real thing, wasn't it? Because then you did the white eyeshadow and the white eyeliner. eyeliner. And the lip, the lip liner that you drew on so everyone could see, like, the outer edge the, of your lip. The object was to see the lip liner and the 
preferred lipstick color was kind of like brown. It was very autumnal, the or like lip terracotta. Yes, yes. Ter I'm not saying like terracotta, but terracotta eat. Yeah, and eek, and eek. not like there was no gloss. Everything oh, was very matte. matte. Yeah, because then you'd have your matte foundation. It and was. Your matte eyeshadow. Yeah, everything was matte. We did not like the shine. No. No. Whereas no, these no days shine. it's all like, let me gloss up my lips. Shine let me bright like a diamond. Lump up my lips. It's so weird. Like, I don't get it. But no, I'm really glad that I won't be looking back and being like, why did I plump up my lips like that? Why did I have so many fillers? Why do I look like an Instagram filter and not like myself? Like, I really hope that the tide yeah. is changing. I, I really pray that the natural look is going to come back soon yeah. because this filtered look is quite frankly... It's just it's terrifying. Yeah, it really is. Well, it's like we've got a mate, don't we? And a lot of the photos on her dating profile have got filters on them. Yeah. Which I find that was the dog snoring and that was not my bum. It sounded like I fired, but I didn't. It was I didn't even hear it. I mean, this conversation is that riveting. Theodore's gone to sleep. <laughs> if I have to hear one more story about 90s eyebrows. Yeah, lip plumping. Don't get it. I think it looks, it looks like you've been attacked by a bee. Well, it'd be okay if you were allergic to peanuts. You could just have an instant, <laughs> an instant, um, and a, a look, sorry, anyone out there that's got a peanut allergy, please shot. do not go and eat peanuts to plump your lips up. Disclaimer, and we are not offering medical or cosmetic advice, nor do we need your feedback on those people who genuinely have anaphylactic shock when they eat peanuts. I mean, We're not taking the piss out of it. Carry what? your EpiPen at all times. Why do you want to look like someone that's had, a, that's had a bee sting? I don't know. Anyway, on that note, please can we speak to a more professional person than me talking about <laughs> bee stings? All right, so today I have the lovely Belinda. I'm here at her clinic in South Yara. So Belinda and I met, I can't remember how many years ago it would have been now, but it was at some networking event and you were speaking and I fell in love with you and I was like, touch my face. <laughs> because you just spoke so honestly and refreshingly about skin and about aging and about the beauty industry as a whole. So we've been friends for a long time. You are phenomenal at what you do and thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today. My fellow so let's start with I want to actually start with COVID because we've just had a chat off yeah. microphone about that and I haven't seen you since before COVID happened so way over a year probably a bit longer but I have been watching through your Insta stories and your social media presence how COVID has affected you in the beauty industry and I've got to say it's been pretty phenomenal to watch you um, what's the word? Pivot, hustle, move across the country, try yeah. and keep your business alive yeah. and still produce lots of wonderful free education for women. So how, has, how would you sum up your COVID experience? I think I just do what I always do, which is whatever I have to do to survive at the time. And I know we briefly spoke about this as well, but I think it's a zenial trait. I don't know if other zenials feel this way, but I just feel like the way we grew up and where we grew up in time has given us this resilience um, 
that maybe our surrounding people, peers don't have. I've watched a lot of other people that I admire in the industry and their Insta stories. And I'd often think every day, God, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I better pull my socks up because this is crap, you know? And I was running out of content because I wasn't in the clinic because the clinic gives me so much content every day, you know, different skin conditions walk in or I'll see a theme one week and that will give me the weekly rant and uh, I wasn't getting that. So I had to sort of dig deep to yeah. think of things to say and, and do. Our point of view at the time when COVID hit was we saw what was coming and we knew that I would have to be shut down because we realised that all face-to-face -face businesses would be closed for who knows how long. We've got a family business as well and we were in the process of helping my family run that and so we thought it's a great opportunity to take 12 months, just go up New South Wales coast, it'll be a bit more cruisy up there in coastal life, help dad, hopefully retire dad and um, then you know, come back. So we just left, basically. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame anyone who got out of the state of Victoria yeah. in 2020, like slow clap applaud. We decided, packed and left in a week. Wow. So I don't muck around, I move. And that's just how I operate. My dad found me a little nook in the depot in Ulladulla behind the offices and fastened a light and pulled out old bookcases for me to stack my stock. Um, if you follow me, you would have seen my little stories from the warehouse and I was still able to trade online. Yeah. So I knew as long as I can do that and post out parcels. By the way, everyone panic bought skincare. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> so Toilet paper and skincare. Yeah. Do you know, it, I definitely took more notice of my skincare. I think mm. potentially because obviously stress has such a visual impact on your skin yeah. I actually I think a lot of people started listening to their skin and their bodies a little bit more through the mm. COVID pandemic and also because you can't browse you know I really yeah. missed shopping yeah and so I definitely my online shopping went through the roof so I was buying things cosmetics and otherwise that I wouldn't necessarily normally think to myself oh I need to go out and buy that mm. so maybe that's part of it as well but that's really interesting yeah yeah definitely and it was good I was like having conversations and the initial the first lockdown the first part of it I had everyone on their monthly appointments but it was just a telecall even mm. if it was a 10 minute hey how you doing how you feeling you know just have a chat yeah things suck I know um yep you're all good for now no problem but just that contact I felt like having that contact and even if I could just talk to someone and support someone even my clients that might be living in flats by themselves or just be that extra point of contact I felt like that was really important and I think that's what we did really well in the first lockdown. I just want to touch briefly before we move on to aging about the resilience thing that you mentioned and how in your industry and in your observation Xennials plus sort of tended to be a little bit more resilient. Do you think that is because our parents threw us out of the house, told us not to come back until tea time, expected us to fall out of trees, broken bones weren't a problem, and if you failed at school, you knew you failed? Yeah, totally. And if you want lunch, you know where the cupboard is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like totally. it, everything wasn't done for us. Our parents were busy running their own businesses or going to their own jobs, and we just had to have that 
element of taking care of ourselves and yeah I was an only child I loved it like it was it was I was an only child till I was 10 then yeah. my brothers came along and ruined my life but that's you then yeah it's so true though there was definitely an element in my childhood of just like you just got on with it and and nothing was as disposable I guess that's yeah. it like you worked really hard you didn't give up mm. now I'm a huge believer in giving up um I'm a massive <laughs> believer in failing quickly and failing hard and moving yes. on and letting go um yes, you're yes. very good at doing you that you try something <laughs> you've just shut down one of your clinics haven't yeah. you just like no nah, that didn't work move on all good yeah it's not what I want but in terms of the bigger picture mm. you just you're still in it that particular avenue or that particular way of going in didn't work so you're going to yeah. do something else but the big picture stuff you just you don't give up on the big picture stuff no I've you know how hard I I've worked for all of that behind me. I'm not going to just let it go. No way. That that's all. That's all my life's work. So I'd love to talk about how skincare has changed through the ages. Now I remember sitting on my mum's bed and watching her slather oil of Yule cream. I don't even think it was face cream. I think back in the day it was like face, body, hand. It was just basic standard cold cream, cream yeah. cold cream <laughs> on her face, and that was yeah. basically her beauty regime. I don't think my mum had a beauty regime. <laughs> I remember Avon catalogues in the 90s. I love it. I love an Avon catalogue. Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. It was pretty stinky stuff. It wasn't it. <laughs> it was very potent, yeah. the smell of cream. Yeah. yeah. Look, even in the plus 15 years I've been practising as a therapist, I can talk from a natural beauty point of view. Like I started out, it was clay masks with a few drops of essential oil to customize it (laughs) back 15 years ago. Things are very, very different now. Yeah. Technology's changed, like with everything in our world. You know, the world's different. It, It was, our parents were cold cream and basic it was it was moisturize your face wash your face that was it that was the best you could do and I remember my mum in the Avon years sort of looking at the new anti-aging promoted cream that came out and saying oh but it doesn't work anyway yeah because everything was so basic even back to the 90s there was no retinols there was no professional level skincare women didn't get monthly facials Um, No, that was a very elite thing, facials. Yeah, you couldn't treat yourself. There was no no hashtag treat yourself. No, there was no no high street spa. Yeah, and I think that's where I went wrong in Ulladulla. So Ulladulla was the The clinic that you opened in the middle of lockdown yes um not in New South Wales lockdown um yeah that those attitudes you know they're still a decade behind in coast country areas and it's that you know oh that was nice my yearly treat kind of thing yeah not that's my monthly visit to go and get my skin looked after and this is my regimented you know I, I think I had two clients in those um months over summer that were like that and everyone else was like that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Might see yeah. you next year. Yeah, yeah, totally. That, mm. that was a treat. So, um, yeah. So, firstly, technology, and then secondly, I guess, mm-hmm. education. It's so much easier to educate ourselves on skincare these days because of social media, and there's a lot of free mm. content out there. I um, was following this British chick. Her name's Caroline Hearn or something. I don't know. I can't remember her surname. I'll find her and send you her profile. And she has just come off YouTube 
um, and made the statement saying that there are too many unqualified skin experts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how that is actually causing a real problem to the industry and damaging the industry. Yeah. And I think that is without doubt a new problem that mm. we just did not have. Like back in the Xenial days, yeah. like if you were an expert, you were an expert. Yeah. You didn't have a platform to pretend to be an expert on. No, no, no at all. Um, I don't think people really cared either. Back in the 80s and 90s, it was like, yeah, whatever. Well, you mean they just didn't care about their skin so much? Yeah, or they just didn't seek out that type of information in that way. Because if you need expert information, it's like the encyclopedias were on the bookcase over there. Yeah. <laughs> there was no up-to-date. Yeah, get in the car, drive to the library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. There was no up-to-date in our pockets, devices. Um, we didn't even have a computer in the house. So it's, it's about accessibility, you think? Definitely about accessibility. Yeah. Or the expert was the Avon lady in town because she had the catalogue with all the stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be nice to the Avon lady. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you find, because I know you are highly qualified and you are so educated in skincare, do you find yourself sometimes looking at YouTubers who are just giving away free skincare advice that might not necessarily be backed by science or it's from an uneducated place? Do you find that jarring? No, I don't watch those people. Yeah. I don't follow those people. I I follow a couple of the big beauty um, editors, you might call them, out of Sydney, Lee Campbells of the world and stuff like that. But no, I, I, I don't. And sometimes what beauty editors say, I'm like, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. But no, I don't follow unqualified people. I just don't have time. I'm too busy doing yeah. everything else. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. That's so yeah. fair. So as a result of my complete lack of skincare in my <laughs> 20s and my early to mid 30s, and I look back now, God, I look back at when I was at university. I mean, my skincare regime was go out, get drunk, wake up with my makeup still on put some more makeup on top of that makeup and go out and get drunk again and then just repeat. I had zero skincare regime at all, never used sunscreen. And now here I am on the cusp of 40 and I look at my skin, I'm like, would you look different if I had the products that I have today, if I'd had those in my 20s, if I had the education in my 20s, would my skin look different now? Would your skin be better though? Or would you be following the latest beauty blogger on Instagram and ruining your skin with a bunch of glycolic acid? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so again, it comes back again. to don't take, <laughs> don't take advice, don't follow a beauty expert that is not qualified and educated. Or, or just an influencer, yeah. Yeah. Um, the good news is our body has this amazing ability to heal itself. So neglect is not the worst thing you can do to your skin. Um, oh, I, I, don't, I didn't know I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> My entire body just went, oh. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, I I fall into the neglect category sometimes too. I didn't have a beauty routine till I started beauty at the age of 25. I haven't been doing this since I was a teenager. You know, you get busy. I spent my late 20s and early 30s on a plane repping for a skincare brand and I was lucky if I washed my face, put on some cream and fell into bed. Mm. I never had professional treatments. I never exfoliated and I did that for years. So, um, you know, I think my skin still looks pretty good your skin looks amazing (laughs) yeah and I see um I see people that have really damaged their skin through over treating it and it's much harder to come back from that that's really interesting yeah so not that you would want to choose either of these but if you had to you would choose neglect over over treating Yeah, yeah pretty much because once you've damaged that acid mantle to the point of you're in a lot of repair mode then you're going to cause other aging that is more hard to come back from yeah if well. you've filled your face full of fillers unnecessarily in your 20s and your puffy pillow face that is going to change the shape of your face for the rest of your life yeah so yeah I choose neglect by (laughs) overdoing it (laughs) so as a almost 40 year old Mm -hmm. what are the things that I should be doing in order to look after my skin look I keep saying this over and over and I'm glad I get to reach a different audience with you just your routine morning and night and using the correct skincare is king that's where the magic happens so 40s use a non-inflammatory retinol which is a different version of retinol that doesn't give you the uv sensitivity and the redness and, and all of that uh, use products that are prescribed to your skin um, that suit your skin condition whatever that may be whether you're still getting acne at 40 or if you've got rosy cheeks sensitive or if you're super dry and you worry about aging and you know if you have a what the fuck line in the middle of your eyebrows that bothers you get that Botox yeah you know? <laughs> don't sit there hating yourself every day um, you know these things are fixable now that our parents didn't have access to there's a big difference between overdoing it puffy pillow face and fixing one line that bothers you and I'm all for fixing that one line that bothers you yeah when it comes to working out what your skin needs because I think that's probably over the years where I have potentially maybe damaged my skin in a way that wasn't neglect of just like trying what my friends have suggested trying what has been fed to me on Instagram through influencers and actually like I look at my skin and I don't I don't know I don't know anything about skin so your advice there would be go and see a professional in a clinic yeah and have your skin looked at yeah exactly and and seek out a good clinic that resonates with you you know if you want the cosmeceuticals go to a cosmeceutical clinic if you want the natural stuff go to a natural clinic look at the reviews online suss them out have a chat with them and see if you feel comfortable and and then just go in don't walk into the cheapest most accessible place in the shopping mall Mm. yes i'm looking at you laser clinics australia (laughs) (laughs) like burn (laughs) (laughs) at all um yeah like go out and seek the person that you resonate with and makes you feel comfortable yeah and you'll get the good advice my next question Mm -hmm. is less about skin and probably more about psychology but i'd be really interested to hear your take on it what is it about aging that we are so scared of 
do you want the feminist answer or do you want a normal person answer? <laughs> Ooh, I want both. Let's go with the feminist answer first. Well, let's start with the patriarchy and expectations and this um, expectation in society for women to look a certain way that probably came from men and you'll never succeed if you're not in a skirt and in heels and that type of thing, which is all bullshit. Mm. Um, but I think we, our biggest critics are ourselves. Yeah. And now we constantly have a camera on our face 24-7 and it's reflected back at us at social media and youth is king. Um, yeah, we want to keep up with that youth. And yeah. I completely resonate with that. You know, I'm pretty happy with myself. I know my skin looks good. But when it comes to youth fading, that's what bothers me the yeah. most. Yeah. And I guess to an extent that's really tied in with your place in society as a woman. Because if you are not in reproductive age, what yeah, are you? Exactly. So, you know, the moment that you start looking older, you become mm. less valuable. I'm using my fingers to do air quotes. Mm. You become less valuable in society, in the society that we have created. It's really interesting when you start researching, especially because I've been researching a lot recently about perimenopause and menopause. And it's really interesting when you start looking at when we lived in sort of tribes and we didn't live in the big cities and the mm. Instagram world of today, but when we lived much more quietly with the planet in tribes, actually women got more and more revered the older and older they got. Mm. So actually aging was one of the best processes that you could go through. You, you actually gained more status in your village or in your tribe the older that you got as a woman. Mm. And the opposite of that is currently true. Yeah, I also kind of feel like it's a very 80s and 90s concept. I've got a feeling that Gen Z, they're far away from me, so I'm not entirely sure, but from what I've observed, I get the feeling that they're less like that but let's see what happens when they hit 40 you mean so. less less likely to want to continue looking like they're yeah young? like no one wears heels anymore no i know isn't that great i know it's weird though yeah like um the working girl era of the 1980s where you wore massive stilettos and and pencil skirts pencil skirts and gone. curly hair yeah mm. it's all gone so hopefully that doesn't come back again who knows um, and they just seem to be more comfortable in their bodies. And, you know, there's none of this ultra skinny. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you think the tide is turning on that in the Gen Z generation? I think so. From what I've seen, yeah. they're all sneakers and comfortable kind of girls. I was looking over a girlfriend's Hinge profile the other day. So Hinge is like the new Tinder. Oh, It's okay. like a dating app. Right. I, know, I, I love that <laughs> you're not old you're just married different <laughs> different things um so I was looking over a girlfriend's tinder pro um, hinge profile and she's a few years younger than me so she's a millennial in her early 30s right. so not quite a decade younger than me but mm -hmm. close and I was looking through the photos that she'd selected and every single one of them was filtered yeah, and eventually well, I turned around to her and I was like, babe, what's he going to think when he sees you in real life and mm. you don't look like this? Yeah. She was like, oh, well, I just expect that his photos would be filtered. And I yeah. thought that was so fascinating. I would never put a filter on any of my profile pictures if it was to present myself either professionally on LinkedIn or whether it be romantically on Hinge. I'd yeah. be like, no, this is what I look like. I think it's because everyone lives their life through a lens now. Mm. That's just an extension of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you think in the younger generations that skin potentially is going to get worse because of the amount we want to look like our filtered photo instead of our actual real selves. So that means more foundation, more contouring, more product, more everything. Is that having an effect? Yes, and I think it's cute that you think it's just about makeup. Okay. <laughs> it's so much scarier. It's so much worse. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's it's all about needles and cosmetic surgery and fillers and wow. needling and laser unnecessarily in your 20s. Wow. Yeah. I've often seen beautiful girls. You know how you always have those socialite girls that like to do the club scene and in the photos in the publications or whatever? You know, it was all about makeup and stuff. Now it's all about their needling sessions, their laser, their filler. Again, that puffy pillow face. You've got beautiful young girls who look perfectly fine, gorgeous even. And they go and augment their face with a bunch of fillers. And so they all start looking the same. They're right, they do look the same, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It's like another version of um, body dysmorphia. Yeah. Except on their faces. So maybe they're not starving themselves, but they're doing all this stuff to their face instead. Yeah, in the pursuit to look beautiful. Perfect. In or the pursuit like to feel accepted. Or someone else that they're not, like a Kardashian or whatever. That's quite scary to think about, really, isn't it? It is, it is. Because that's self-worth, isn't it? That's, I look yeah. at my face and I can't accept, I mean, don't get me wrong, I look at mm. my face, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a bit of Botox there, or, <laughs> or you know, I'm going to put some foundation on to cover the mm. blemish on my skin. Like, of course, like, yeah. I, I, I'm a product of my time, I'm a product of the 80s, I'm a product mm. of the capitalist, materialistic machine that we were all born into. Yeah. But I think to go to those extremities at such a young age... And that's not even about ageing, is it? That's, I just want to change the way that I look. I mean, I'm going to do yeah. everything that I can to continue looking youthful, mm. you know, but that is actually like, I don't like the way that I naturally normally look. Yeah, I want to look like that South American woman. It's like, honey, you're white. <laughs> you're not going to have those facial features. And, and I think it really is up to the medical professionals, the nurses and the doctors to say to them, no, sorry, you're not having another mill in your lips. And right now there's no regulation on that? No, no, like there's no regulation on how much filler you can have. Right. There's not much regulation in the beauty industry at all. That's why, you know, I've talked about look at Google reviews and mm. go find somewhere that's reputable because it could be anyone treating you, which is scary. That's petrifying. I'm just going to quick fire some questions at you now. Okay. <laughs> what is your favourite memory or trend from the 1980s? I think it's more just a feeling. I always felt safe and free and it was just a carefree time. Like, you know, I could rattle off Punky Brewster and Alf and, and all those things, riding my bike and listening to my Walkman. Oh, I love a Walkman. Yeah, I had the yellow one that was like waterproof and stuff. It was wow, uh, you had so a waterproof one? You I lived on the coast. Oh, fair. <laughs> things fair. got wet. <laughs> so definitely that carefree lifestyle, going out at the beginning of the day and coming home at the end of the day, not needing parents all day, just riding our bikes, doing whatever we wanted. Yeah. I think kids are too overscheduled and too watched these days. I agree. I was driving through some back streets on my way home the other day and I was like, where are all the children? Yeah. It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, where are the kids? Why aren't they playing on the street? Why aren't they climbing mm. the trees? You should be swerving 
around kids Yeah, I should bikes. be swearing at them. Yeah. Like the grumpy old woman used to swear at me when I was 10 years old. What's been the biggest difference for you between turning 30 and turning 40? I've always been excited about going into a new decade. So when I turned 30, I was like, this is going to be awesome. My 30s are going to be great. I'm going to work really hard earn my money, you know, do my thing. I'm really going to get somewhere. And in a way, I did. So you certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> now in my 40s, I'm excited to see what the next stage is yeah. as well. I'm ready to do things a little bit differently. I don't have to be the one working myself to the bone constantly. I'm going to work smarter. I'm going to create more of a balance and a home life for myself and my family. So that's what's more important now and again I'm excited about it yeah it's awesome and what has been your biggest life lesson to date no matter what you do just be brave mm. that will get you through so much in life just do it not to quote Nike but <laughs> <laughs> talking of active work yeah. um no I love that be brave I think that's absolutely one of the qualities that I see in my peers in the mm. entrepreneurial world and in the friends that I have who I really deeply admire and I'll, I'll be honest really in myself as well is one of the things that how I would sort of describe myself one of the attributes that I would give to myself yeah. is bravery because you know life is really short we are aging we're not going the other way <laughs> even though Botox can help us look like maybe we are but it is it is about rocking up and taking those risks and taking those chances yeah that's what's going to get you ahead in life you know that's what we did 12 months ago when COVID hit action is always better than inaction mm. and that requires bravery so if nothing else be brave Belinda, thank you so much for your time. You. I really appreciate you. I'm in awe of you. Huge respect for you. You are a phenomenal therapist and an excellent human. So thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you for having me. How bloody reassuring to know that neglect is easier to sort out than like putting too many products or fillers and shit in your face. I know. Because there was there's definitely been neglect with my skin, but it's nice to know that that's not as irreversible. And I'm also really glad that fillers and stuff weren't around when I was in my 20s because I would have been tempted. Wouldn't you? I feel reassured because... A lot of the time I go, oh my God, like a lot of people say I look young, but imagine how young I would have looked if I'd not smoked and looked after my skin. But that's not, that's not a thing. So I probably would have just looked the same, maybe. 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 Or maybe I would have looked 12. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that looking a certain age also has a lot to do with the fact that we are small? I think that yes. makes a difference. And I think we're young at heart. Young at heart. <laughs> I also think that it's attitude. Yeah. And like general vibrancy. Yeah. Because a lot of people will say to me, oh, wow, you don't look your age. But I'm like, oh, I don't really act my age. And yeah. I'm not meaning that I'm an absolute dickhead. But. Like, <laughs> but like you, I've got a lot of energy, I'm full of fun, kind of, but also have a lot of nana tendencies. But yeah, I just kind of, I don't feel, maybe it's because we don't have children. 
yeah, I think that's a massive thing. We're not sleep deprived. We aren't as stressed, I think. And I'm talking sweeping generalizations. I'm not saying all parents are stressed, but it is an added level of mm. energy and stress and financial stress and, you know, yeah. all of that. So I definitely think not having children plays a huge factor in it. And it means that we live a much more free lifestyle. Yeah. A bit more spontaneous. And yeah, I do. I, th- I do think it is kind of more spirit. You do worry about general ageing more than I do, though, don't you? Absolutely. You seem to be embracing it a little bit more gracefully, whereas I'm a bit more like, please put more Botox in my face. I'll tell you what worries me. Please don't have more Botox in your face. I need to know when you're angry. <laughs> the thing that freaks me out is the jowls. Yeah, again. But like, did your mum or your grandmother have a problem with her jowls? Did she have like well, one of those? my grandma's 95, so, you know, she's Yeah, but when she was like 50, no. 60. You see, that is in my family. And my mum kind of passed away in, in her early 50s, so she'd not really aged. Mm. See, my mum's jawline went. It's like, it's a, it's a hereditary This jawline thing. is never going to go anywhere. This chin, it's there forever. Yeah, see, mine's not. <laughs> I have much chin. Oh, I can do a genioplasty for you if you like. Oh, yeah. Fix that. That's what friends are for. <laughs> we could do, that's what friends are for. Full of it today. Yeah. I definitely worry about ageing. I think I have Why? Not because I don't worry about it, but... Why do I worry about it more? Right, yeah, why? I think it's, oh, it's obviously my conditioning. It's the society in which we live. We live under this patriarchy, which for years has told us that the older we get, the less useful and relevant we are. Mm. And that is beamed into us through all sorts of mediums. I think long gone are the days where, as women aged, they were more and more, what's the word? Um, Not worshipped, but regarded as being wise. Mm. I think these days we are just put out to pasture. Do you think Instagram and everything else, because obviously when we were in our 20s, we didn't have Botox, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have anaphylactic shock lips do you think that's made a different a difference yeah do you do you think that's made a difference and now because all we see on social media is people just airbrushed and we didn't have any of that yes I think the ideal of beauty is different and we have much more access to it but I think whenever there comes choice we create more stress for ourselves now I'm not saying that we shouldn't have choice I think it's wonderful that we have choice Mm. I'm not just talking about women I'm talking about human beings as a general rule Mm. but the more choice we have as a general rule the more options we have the more stresses we we seem to have so what I mean by this is you know for our parents generation certainly for the grandparents generation there wasn't an option no your skin either got wrinkly or it didn't your jowls either went or they didn't there was no cosmetic surgery. So you didn't even have that same narrative, which is, should I get a nose job? Should I get some Botox? Yeah. Should I get some fillers? So the desire for it was absent because the choice wasn't even there for it in the first place. So I think that's the difference. I think a couple of generations ago, how you looked was how you looked and you really couldn't do anything about it. So you just had to accept it. 
Whereas now we have so many ways of looking younger. We and looking have, different. And looking different. Completely different. And it gets scary. It is scary. I completely agree. And I totally agree with what Belinda said. It, it, well, I actually hadn't realised until Belinda said it that the industry is completely unregulated. Uh, that that scares That's me. Scary, yeah, but yeah, we do have this sort of airbrushed Insta filter ideal of beauty at the moment, and it is worrying for the younger generations. And I'm definitely a product not of the Gen Z generation, obviously, but I'm a, I'm still a product of the mm. world in which I live. And definitely, I think was I born in a couple of generations up? Like if I was in my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation. Yeah then yeah, I probably wouldn't be like, oh God, my wrinkles, should I get some Botox? Because it would just be like, oh look, this is what my face looks like now. Yeah, look, when I worked in, in England, I worked with a lot of plastic surgeons and women were still getting it done. I think it's just more mainstream now and people, yes. again, like everything. It's more accessible, it's more financially it possible. Well and more yep. financially possible. I just think, I from what Belinda said about being regulated and coming from a place where I work with a lot of surgeons, Go to someone that is a specialist in that area. Mm. Don't just look on Instagram and go with someone that's got the biggest amount of followers. Go with the person that has been recommended quite highly by someone that you know, if that's what you want to do. I also feel like, because I'm single, I feel a bit more like, oh, am I going to meet the man of my dreams after my aesthetic prime? And then say, but look what I used to look yeah. like, darling. <laughs> look at how I used to look. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I mean, I do look at pictures from five years ago when I lived in Sydney. And I do think, oh, wow, I do look completely different. Yeah, I just... And here's just the irony, thing. actually, when I look at photos of me in my 20s, I think I'm actually probably more attractive now. Yeah, I think you've just got to grow old gracefully or disgracefully, whatever you want to do. I think whatever works for you, really. But, yeah, you are a lot more aware of it than I am. Maybe hmm. I'm just burying my head in it. Burying your head in what? <laughs> burying my head in, in the, the sand. Yeah. Um, in my wrinkles. In my own wrinkles. <laughs> I'm going to hide in my wrinkles. <laughs> my layers and layers of wrinkles. Look, well, it, also, jowls, it also helps that you're not very wrinkly. Good skin. So it's really easy for you to say that you worry about it less because your skin is one of the best sets of skin that I've ever seen. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Yeah, well, there we are. You are welcome. Welcome for the compliment. Anyway, another thing that we are dealing with, and you know what? I'll do my best to do what I can without looking like I've got a frozen plastic face. And I'll always tell you if your face is too frozen. Thanks, darling. You what am I doing welcome. now? Am I frowning? Am I smiling? Am I frowning? Am I smiling? Oh, no, you can lift those little um, 90s eyebrows. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unashamedly 40, a special short series briefly interrupting my Unashamedly Human podcast. If you've loved this episode, please share it with your mates, rate and review, and head to the show notes to get in touch. Thanks for listening.